Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Hierarchy Podcast, episode number 116 with Chelsea Young from North Central University. Uh, so it's really great to talk with her about something that I have a bit more familiarity with. Uh, you know, it's always good having the learning opportunities for things that I'm not as uh, exposed to, but uh, just kind of talking shop around uh, virtual student support, something that she is uh, intimately aware with. Uh, she is an online student at North Central. Uh, it's an online institution, so they're really immersed in this work. I think there's some really great examples as, uh, you know, what I think this accelerated uh, pivot uh, to uh, remote virtual student support as this really becomes kind of the new norm. Uh, I think it's some great things to think about, uh, some great actions that you can take. Uh, just really appreciate Chelsea sharing all that she did. Uh, and a brief mention here, as always, uh, two great ways to support the show. Uh, I've got our merch store and our new Patreon. So definitely go check those out in the description for this episode. But without further ado, this is episode number 116 with Chelsea Young. Well, I am super excited to be sitting down uh, to talk about a favorite topic of mine, uh, virtual online student support, uh, things that are obviously accelerating quite a bit uh, in this current era that we're in. Um, so uh, it's something that I have a lot of uh, experience and interest in, and I'm just so glad we get to give a little bit more uh, time and space to it here on the podcast. But we will start off as we always do. Uh, Chelsea, if you want to introduce yourself uh, and give a brief overview of your professional journey and how you got to be where you are today. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Dustin. I uh, really appreciate being here. Um, like I said, my name is Chelsea Young. I am the Vice President of Academic Engagement at North Central University. And um, how I got here, it's it's actually kind of an interesting story for my, you know, my, per my personal professional journey. Um, sometimes I can't really believe that I work in higher ed in general, um, because when I go back to where I began, uh, I, I grew up in a really small town. And when I was in high school, the thought of going to college just did not seem like the right path for me. It didn't seem like that was, I mean, it, it wasn't a thing that was really encouraged like within my family, although I do have family members um, who have gone to college. Um, I'm a first generation college student and my parents um, did not go to college and this was not, higher education was just not something that we really focused on. Uh, so when I graduated high school, I, I took a different path and I went to school to become an esthetician and I worked for some great doctors doing skincare and I loved it. And mm. I felt that was my path and I did that for several years and then a um, series of unfortunate events happened that <laughs> don't need to go into, but I, I found myself needing a different job. And um, I had a friend that worked for a university and she was like, you should come be an enrollment advisor here. Like you, you love to help people and love to talk to people. And so I was like, well, that's really outside of my realm, but I do love to help people. And I love to talk with people. And, you know, I, I love to help people with their skincare. So maybe I can help them with their education. But it, it was so weird for me because that was not my area at all. So, but I did it and I started working for a university and it, that kind of opened the door for me to realize in my mid twenties that maybe I could pursue my own education and I can maybe get a bachelor's degree, which seemed so outside of the realm of possibility for me, but I started to do it. And then with my career, I, I ended up um, working at two, I ended up working at in total two universities and going to school at those universities before I found North Central University. 
I was still working on my bachelor's degree and uh, I, I just, and I was going online. So I had never attended an in, on-campus ground program ever in my life. Mm. Um, to this day, I have not. <laughs> so I, um, I found a North Central University, not just for a career change, but more for the student experience. I you know, saw what they offered and how they offered it. And I was like, I want to go to school there. And so I looked, I'm like, oh, they have enrollment jobs there. And I was able to somehow, as a miracle, get hired doing enrollment advising at uh, NCU. And that was 10 years ago this year. So I went there, started going to school there. I have gone to school as a student at NCU for, oh my gosh, almost my entire tenure that I've been there. I'm, I'm currently now um, in my doctorate program at NCU. And over these last 10 years, I've had so many opportunities to work in different areas of the university and really learn how to not only take my own student experience and turn it into positive things in my working life, um, but I, you know, I've just had a lot of different um, opportunities to grow within the organization. And that has brought me to where I am today, where I am now Vice President of Academic Engagement, and I lead all, several of our academic student support teams that offer the virtual student supports to our students. So I get to offer them, but I also get to take advantage of them as a student myself. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, it's just so much from that. I mean, I'd uh, give you a lot of respect, I guess, just like just kind of going all in uh, with one institution, like just that, you know, you found that kind of educational home, that professional home uh, place where, uh, you know, it seems as though they also just appreciate uh, you, which is always like a good thing that, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, sometimes is uh, hard to come by. But um, I mean, we definitely share some uh, kind of common traits of our origin stories as well of just, I think, like, it's funny to think back of like where I am now and where I was like graduating from high school and just like, you know, what I thought of myself and what I'd become that sort of thing. And just, um, yeah, certainly where you are now and just, yeah, really incredible. And I think, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, certainly an interesting pers uh, perspective that you bring, like you said, that you're sort of in it right now and also doing it in terms of, uh, so the topic at hand that we wanted to talk about today of uh, virtual student support and everything, uh, certainly a hot topic, very, uh, relevant to our, uh, time right now. Um, and I guess just from your point of view, and again, you have a pretty comprehensive one. Um, if you want to just give a snapshot for folks, obviously, you know, they may have more or less understanding of it uh, just at large. Um, you know, what sort of like student support things are you doing uh, virtually? And just obviously over the past year, um, how has that changed, you know, uh, with like, you know, going to remote learning and all that. So like kind of giving that context of how it was before and how it is now and just, I guess, generally explaining what it is for everybody. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I know COVID has caused so um, many major disruptions in higher ed. Uh, you know, we've seen all of the institutions have to scramble that have never gone online or, you know, maybe had very minimal online offerings. They've had to scramble to pivot and you know rethink what they do and how they do it and that's been a really really big change for all those institutions not just for the faculty and staff and administration but for the students as well uh, one thing for us at NCU is we are a hundred percent online university and we always mm. have been so we've had uh, you know we were founded in 1996 so we've had you know 25 years of experience of figuring out how to do this you know so it's in our DNA like we were built to be online so when COVID hit 
we didn't have to shift or change what we were doing. And that was good for not only us internally, but it was good for our students because they're built for it too, because we have trained them to learn how to be online and you know learn online. And that from the day that they walk in our virtual doors, this is what it is, you know, so we've teach them from day one. So we didn't have to do any major pivots in regards to the way we offer our services and what we do. What we did have to do, though, is learn how to provide additional supports to them, more emotional supports. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's so much that, you know, just the isolation of being quarantined and, you know, then you're, you're going to school online, but you're, you're just stuck in your house and you don't have your normal life. And so I think that was a really big challenge for us to learn how to, um, you know, really support, you know, meet the emotional needs of our students um, and ourselves, <laughs> you know, internal faculty and staff. I mean, we had the same challenges. So, you know, we, we were definitely able to rely on um, our knowledge of how to build community online and how to break down the isolation barriers because everyone, you know, really got stuck in that isolating space of, you know, having to stay home and, you know, not, you know, live your normal life. So um, that was probably the biggest thing for us is just trying to leverage what we know we do well with, you know, building community and creating connections in an online space and then applying it even more so during this COVID pandemic that's still going on today. Well, yes. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause you, you know, institutions like yours in just any, um, you know, facet of institutions that are, you know, that had already been working um, digitally and, you know, supporting online students and those sort of things. Obviously, we're all positioned to not have it be as disruptive. But like you said, uh, you know, all of your faculty, staff and students were uh, sort of doing without and so many other regards in their life, that, you know, they might have experienced job disruptions or, uh, yeah, just feeling especially isolated, uh, even though they can continue studying and doing what you can to help sort of build that community and be supportive. Uh, but I guess just to clarify, so, you know, even though like the whole institution, um, you know, is an online university and everything, like do faculty and staff like work out of like a headquarters or hub? Like are like, and I guess for your sake too, like, uh, do you work like full time remotely? Like, was that like a change that you had to go through um, at all? Yeah, actually. So it's, it's interesting the way um, our university is set up the majority of our university is remote. I mean, our faculty and staff live all over the country. We have a presence in every, you know, 50 states. Um, We also have faculty um, and staff that live overseas because we really are global. Um, But we did have, um, you know, headquarters space and and service center office space where we worked and, you know, some folks worked in person. And I was one of those where I, you know, I had an office in our office space, but half of the people I worked with were remote. Um, You know, the teams that report up to me, they're all remote. So, you know, I was already used to working with them in a remote capacity. But, you know, there are several of my colleagues that I would see on a daily basis in person that, you know, I could no longer see anymore. So we have shifted to completely remote. So all of the folks that did work in the headquarter and building spaces um, have transitioned to fully remote and online. And so for that population of people, which is pretty small, um, it was a big transition. But the good news is we're so used to working with folks that had the work from home down that it, it was easy for them to support all of us who were you know, going through that transition and gave us tips and tricks on how to, you know, really be effective working from home full time. Yeah, that's good to hear because I've actually talked with people who like 
work to do like digital community engagement, but like they all work together in an office. So it was like the irony of like, oh, well, we all have to figure this out. The thing that we help other people do, but like, you know, it's sort of like a sobering thing where it's like, wow, we don't actually like maybe like, you know, embody the best practices that we might advise others to do. So they kind of have to just like, you know, uh, look themselves in the mirror and kind of just, uh, you know, make those uh, adaptations. But um well, I guess, yeah, so we kind of have laid that whole kind of broader context and, um, you know, how your all team, you know, everybody works together. But um, I guess talk a little bit more about your approach at North Central in terms of like, you know, you're doing this virtual student support, um, how you go about doing that, because I mean, it, it, we're kind of starting from the 30,000 feet up because that you know, just saying virtual student support can mean a lot of different things. So if you want to kind of start breaking it down, zooming in a little bit, um, then we'll kind of go from there. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, you know, high level, you know, obviously our students, you know, we, we have to cater to our specific um, audience of students and every university is different. Everyone has you know, a different student population that they serve. So for us, um, all of our um, student population, they are in primarily in graduate programs. They are in their master's and their doctoral degree programs. Like that is our like primary student population. And because it's graduate school focused, these folks, they're, they're adults. <laughs> these are, this is their coming back to school. You know, they haven't, many of them haven't been um, either. They've never gone to school online or they haven't been to school in many, many years. This is, you know, it's a, a dream that they have wanted to achieve their PhD their whole life and now they're you know far in their, their kids are grown and they're finally going to pursue that dream and they're all you know working adults you know, that is our primary student population and they're all over the world so we had to really create a, a virtual student support model that would fit our students needs and that you know primarily is they need support and access 24-7, and we have to do it in a way that um, you know, makes them feel that they have what they need to learn, not just you know, through the resources and the curriculum that they get in the classroom. So we came up with a holistic and integrated approach to providing our support services so that it really does span the entire life cycle of the student. And um, we did that based on three principles. So foundation, preparation, and connection at a distance. So within that model, I mean, I'll give you a few examples too to help um, you really clarify what all of that means. Um, was I have four teams that work for me and, and report up to me that follow this model. And that's our library our academic success center and that um, academic success center provides coaching and tutoring for writing and statistics and all kinds of things like that and then um, our center for teaching and learning that provides a lot of training and like student life support um, and then last is our commons and our commons is actually a virtual like social network space so it's very it's um, something that we built in-house but it's very similar to your social platforms like facebook twitter or linkedin where we give our students a place to connect with each other so those are the teams that i um, that i work with that provide these student services and we do it um, in a shared technology platform so that we can utilize tools to really engage with our students um, to make it easy for them to move from one team to another because they all provide resources and they all provide services and you know we know that with our students we really have to give them primarily like asynchronous opportunities 
employees to be successful and to get what they need. So with our foundation, you know, we have 24-7 resource centers, library databases, learning aids, video tutorials. We record everything we do. So webinars, workshops, you know, we, we give all of them that access asynchronously. And then we also do synchronous offerings too, so that when they really need to talk to someone, um, our librarians or our academic coaches or our trainers, they're available through chat, email, text, phone, and then they offer like live sessions as well. So that's really where we put our foundation into play. Then from there, we focus on preparing them. So our, our preparation principle is preparing them with skills that they need to be successful. So it's a lot of our co-curricular efforts. You know, it's, it's helping them develop their scholarly writing, um, helping them develop their information literacy and learn how to really use our library databases to become a skilled researcher, because they need that as they're going through their degree programs. So that piece, you know, we really provide the services that we can to to help them develop their skills. And then the last principle is that connection piece where we know that learning online, especially right now during the pandemic, can be so isolating. And that's in general, if you read the literature and you know you research online you know, degree programs, people say it can be really isolating because you're not seeing people next to you in a classroom and you're not seeing them on campus. So that's why we really go um, above and beyond to create that social space where our students can come and they can engage in discussions with each other in our Commons platform and they can ask questions and share resources and they can network. And then um, we also create opportunities for them to uh, partake in group sessions. Um, so within our academic success center, if they, they can go to like a group coaching session where they're meeting other students and they're working with an academic coach on a topic um, and they're able to learn from their fellow students that they may have never met before, um, but they're in a group workshop with them. So they're getting that connection and that interaction. So that is a kind of, you know, high level, but with some details of how we really do our approach here. Yeah, I mean, it feels uh, super comprehensive. Like it's all the things that I feel like folks should be uh, thinking about. So it sounds like it's just a really great uh, model. I'm glad we're, we're talking a little bit more about today. So because, um, yeah, I think it, it is like, you know, even the idea of like just doing even a little bit of all of those things, because I think it could be that, um, like you said, like when, when you look at kind of the, uh, the research or just any sort of like surveying that's done of online students, like the students themselves are seeking like just almost anything, you know, like they just want to see kind of, I think a level of effort or just the opportunity, the potential to uh, engage with the institution, engage with their fellow students and have that connection be formed, even though they're, you know, um, many miles away from wherever that institution may be based, like, you know, that, that, that affinity can be really still like nurtured so that they feel, uh, you know, like they're just a part of that university community and they'll be just like really, um, you know, sort of a, a booster as like an alumni and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, it, it's just like putting any effort in that because I think they're just, it's still is some of the residue where it's like, oh, a student chooses to be online because they don't want, you know, any sort of community or any frills or that sort of thing. But it's like, yeah, increasingly like it's a necessity. It's like, well, if I want to get my master's to like get my career, you know, to where I want to be, like, I kind of need to do it online. So it's not a matter of like, oh, I'm doing this because I kind of just want to like, you know, check the boxes and don't want to like, you know, engage or anything like that. So um, yeah, really refreshing to hear, you know, just how much you and your team is doing and 
all these different things. But I guess, you know, if you want to highlight any uh, particular aspects of the work that uh, is being done in all those different uh, departments and everything, just like the positive outcomes, like the feedback that you um, have garnered through all these different things, just to really kind of make it tangible of like, you know, uh, the, the impact, the outcomes that are coming from all this. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, we are always engaging in a regular assessment of our resources and our services. So that's a, a really big um, portion of this is, you know, you can you know say, oh, we're going to offer all of these services and we're going to create a bunch of, you know, learning aids and a bunch of videos and throw them out there to our students and hope it works. Um, but that it that alone doesn't work. <laughs> you really have to um, you know, look at what you're offering and um, have, you know, set metrics and, you know, really pull data and engage in, in assessment and then pivot and make changes. And um, if you find gaps or challenges, um, you know, you'll try to make improvements. So based off of the data and the information that you're getting back, um, we work really hard to, um, you know, not just, you know, we work with our institutional research team, um, you know, they do studies, uh, or they'll look at, you know, the services you know, that our students have taken advantage of. And then we look at how they're performing within their degree programs. And, you know, our, our students that attend, you know, writing sessions with our academic coaches, are they, you know, scoring better in their writing courses? Or, you know, are they doing better within their degree program? Um, so those are things that we look at. Um, but then we also we really try to create an open door uh, kind of not policy, but just, you know, we always want to make our students feel like they can speak to us and give us feedback and be heard. And, you know, we do that through formal, um, you know, surveys and things like that. But we also just, um, we chalked them a lot <laughs> and we create these spaces where, you know, we can ask them directly, like, is this working for you? You know, uh, are you getting what you need out of these coaching sessions? Or, you know, is your, are your librarians helping you learn what you need to learn, um, you know, in as far as conducting your research? Are you getting what you need? So, we have gotten a lot of really great feedback that way, um, you know, because we're always just listening to our students and trying to give them the opportunity to engage with us um, as an institution through faculty, through staff, through our commons platform, um, and just always being available to hear from them and then see what we can do to either improve their experience, um, make changes in the uh, services and the resources that we provide and um, you know, just really, you know, engage with them and help them see that this is a, a two-way street and it's not us just, you know, throwing out the information that we think they need and, and hope that they get it and understand it. You know, we want to hear from them to ensure that they are getting what they need and they are understanding it. So, um, you know, we've had a lot of really good outcomes and we've made a lot of changes in the way we do things um, just based off of engaging with our students and, you know, hearing what they need. So um, one piece of that, too, that we were able to really make improvements on is um, with creating the opportunities for more collaboration between like my teams. So for example, you know, our students will say like, I'm, I'm getting a really great experience attending these coaching sessions, but I really wish that there was a librarian in here too, because I have a library question that goes along with what this coach is helping me with. So, you know, hearing those, you know, that feedback from our students, we've been able to create more collaboration across the team teams that are providing the services and do a lot of combined sessions and combined opportunities to make sure that we are, you know, again, hitting all the needs of our students.
but it really does come back to assessing what you're doing and you know taking the data and making good good improvements from it right and i feel like even starting there because you might be like well you know what should we do first like what what do our students want or need and you could kind of just do that like kind of temperature check of like you know uh doing a survey to uh, assess that or um you know just trying to look at the data that you do have and say like wow you know most of the students who uh, did not retain, uh, struggled academically, like they're they're on probation or they got dismissed or something. So it's like, well, let's try to do something about that. Let's like, you know, try to bulk up tutoring availability or, you know, other like just academic resources to kind of uh, embed in the student's experience or something. But um, yeah, and then yeah, just keep checking in because it could be like, well, did you like how we did that? Like, did you like how the tutoring was uh, set up? But, you know, is it easy to book an appointment uh, with somebody and that sort of thing? So um, yeah, super important. And um, you know, both having kind of both sides of that coin of like kind of formalized uh, surveys and assessments and those sort of things, but also opening yourselves up to uh, getting the things more anecdotally, you know, like hearing it kind of straight from uh, the students themselves. So all great stuff. And I feel like I have a couple of things that I kind of want to ask in particular, but I'll, I'll, you know, just move us on to our next question in terms of like uh, advice that you would give to others who might have some work to do in this area if they're needing to really uh, continue to like augment the work that they're doing so that it's available digitally and build community uh, and digital spaces and things like that. So um, I have questions that I'm curious about, like from your experience of like maybe getting some of these things spun up, but I'll leave it there as like, just kind of the broad question to begin about advice that you would give to uh, other higher ed professionals who, um, you know, are currently kind of working their way through this kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm happy to answer that and happy to answer any of your questions. So yes, 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 yes. <laughs> feel free, throw them out there. Um, yeah. But, you know, advice, I always come back to this. It's you have to listen to your constituents. So you need to listen to your students and listen to your faculty. So what are faculty saying? What do students need that faculty are saying? Because they get a completely different exposure. Um, but, you know, if you know that you need to provide better support to your students, you got to know who your students are and listen to what they need. Um, because I could say, you know, I can sit here and say, here's the things that work for us, but that might not work for every other university because your populations might be different. So, you know, I know that if I'm, you know, providing specific services to support students in a dissertation sequence, and I'm trying to help them get through writing their dissertation and conducting the research and their study for their dissertation, that's completely different than what you would want want to um, the type of supports that you would give to maybe an undergraduate student that uh, was attending on campus in person and now suddenly is having to complete their sophomore year of college online. So it's coming back to who are your students and what are you offering and what are you trying to achieve? So that's like the number one you know, piece of advice um, is to, to start there. And then um, you know, really decide what's what can you build that will last long term? You know, I think that COVID has really, again, I said this earlier, it's disrupted our entire space, even for those of us that are already online, it's it's been a huge disruption. Um, so anyone that's can invest in offering supports virtually, even if you have on campus programs, you know, think about what you can build that will be long term, and that would be sustainable long term that could maybe support your students that are in online programs, but also in ground campus programs. So you know, really just listening to your students and, you know, trying to make those decisions and, you know, doing a lot of research around it to support exactly what they need, um, I think is the best place to start. That's great advice. And I think, you know, so I wanted to kind of frame this in like an advice piece of like what my question was, because I think a big piece of 
uh, pretty objectively of what students need, especially, um, you know, online students. And like you said, too, I mean, you can, it's good to frame this as like things, any work that's done here doesn't solely benefit online students more often than not. It's going to help commuter students, any, any adult learners, students who, you know, are working and just need some additional flexibility and availability of re, uh, resources. So um, it's kind of on that point because you mentioned sort of having, you know, kind of uh, 24-7 availability and um, just sort of like focusing on that a bit because I think that that's, huge because like if, if only, you know, you're only open nine to five in your local time and, you know, uh, people can't actively have conversations to get the support that they need that, that, you know, doesn't help them to feel as part of the community or, uh, you know, get things resolved in a timely manner. So, um, what are just like methods or, uh, platforms or just, you know, what are the ways that you, uh, work to make sure that you are available, um, you know, uh, across time zones and all those kind of things for all your students? Yeah, so technology is our friend. <laughs> so, you know, for sure, you know, you know, trying to figure out which piece. I mean, there's so many tools and things out there. Um, you know, so trying to figure out which you know piece of technology that you will use to make this work for you. Um, and I, I don't think that it has to be a million of the latest. You know crazy technology tools that are the hot on the market. Um, you just have to figure out like what's something that you can all use and that will work for you, for your institution, and also for um, your students and the student experience. Um, you know, and for us, you know, we use, you know, one shared platform that houses our resource centers. It gives access to our library databases. It's connected to our learning management system. And then it has, you know, the tools embedded in it to to be able to take chats and be able to um, respond quickly to emails in a queue and um, be able to take phone calls. And also, which is huge for us, is be able to have a very streamlined student experience from one center to the other. So if a student gets on and sends a chat to our library team, but it's actually, uh, you know, something that's housed in our Center for Teaching and Learning and they need to talk to, um, you know, one of our trainers, then we can seamlessly transfer the student from one center to another because it's all in the same platform. So um, that has been really huge for us is, you know, just being able to invest in that integrated space where everything is in one spot for our students, um, you know, and then as far as, you know, time zones go and making people available, um, luckily, you know, we are a remote organization. And so like my team members are all over the country and they all have um, different shifts and schedules that they work. And there's times that, you know, we're not available in person 24 seven, but that's why we have all of our resource um, centers that are learning aids that are available to them if we're not online. Um, but we do have really extensive coverage. We have night coverage, we have weekends, you know, so we've really just, you know, we built our teams out with a lot of flexibility and a lot of coverage so that um, we can be available to our students during the times when they really do need us. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of, I was, I was assuming that, that I was, uh, what I was going to hear is just like, you know, uh, just literally, you know, breaking free of the paradigm, especially as a remote organization is easier, you know, got great coaches, uh, and different folks who are, uh, just in different time zones. So like, it's not as onerous for them to be, you know, like, oh, well, I'm just working like nine to five in my local time, but, you know, that gives some different availability for uh, students at different time zones and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, so like, that's just one piece is sort of just allowing for uh, nights, weekends, you know, people working remotely at different time zones, it sort of uh, helps to solve for that problem. And then, um, like you said, it's, it's kind of that balance of like, not kind of, uh, 
you know, always just looking for the new shiny, uh, new like tech tool or something like just finding something that works. And, you know, it sounds like for, for you all, like you have something that seems pretty seamless, uh, for students, like it's, it's pretty, um, you know, just easy to, to manage for them and everything and just works for, uh, what you all, um, need and everything. So I'm just trying to keep it, uh, you know, fairly, fairly lean there, uh, I presume, but, um, yeah, I mean, and it's sort of in that same mindset, I guess, of just like resources and everything. So, you know, we can keep it kind of broad to start, I guess, of just, you know, because this is a very broad topic um, and what, where anybody might be interested in to begin with. But um, so, yeah, like, wh- what would you recommend, I guess, you know, where to look to even like get started to um, just learn more about virtual student support? Um, well, you know, we are a graduate institution, so we're very focused on research um, and there's so much great literature out there. So, you know, I would really recommend that, you know, folks take some time to really, you know, do some literature research to find, you know, what is out there that would be helpful for them. I mean, we do, there's there's a lot of um, uh, papers and things that we have published, you know, so our faculty and our staff are very engaged in, not only do we research to figure out what literature is out there that will support us, but we also, you know, do our own studies and then we publish literature so that we can contribute back to the, you know, broader higher ed community of here's what's working for us and we like to share those things. So, you know, I, I definitely just encourage, um, you know, doing research on the literature that's out there, um, because depending on what they're what you are looking to do, um, there's a lot of good ideas. So whether it's you want to create an online student orientation course, and you know there's a ton of literature out there that will support that, or you want to research, you know, what are good you know best practices for librarians in online space. Tons of great literature out there on that. Um, and same thing for learning centers. So you know our academic success center with our coaches and the things that they coach to, um, there's an entire population of learning center, uh, learning centers that are out there and they have a lot of literature to support it. So that would be my first, my first recommendation. You know, there's no one particular, you know, magic, you know, book or article that will, you know, tell you everything you need to know, but just starting to, you know, find the literature for whatever your end goal is. Um, and then also professional organizations. So, you know, all of my teams are very engaged with professional organizations that are um, related to their field. So our librarians are, all have memberships to the American Library Association. They go to the conferences yearly, they um, present, they publish with them. Um, they're very engaged there. Um, same thing with our learning center, the Academic Success Center. Um, they, they participate with the National College Learning Center Association. So those professional organizations that are related to whatever it is that you're doing um, are really helpful and a great place to start with just learning about the opportunities and learning about the paths that you can take. Yeah, absolutely. Because, um, yeah, there's a professional organization for everything, which is just mm-hmm. like awesome. So it's like if you want to nerd out about libraries, like you've got a whole community of people there that will uh, nerd out with you. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's great. And I think that's uh, definitely a good way to start because, yeah, I mean, if we could yeah, be like, oh, there's this great book about, you know, tutoring or something you know, like, and it's just like okay well that's like one piece of it but um a lot, a lot of other stuff to uh, explore and i think yeah just kind of uh starting with that initial um kind of foray into any professional organization definitely definitely good advice um so we will wrap up uh the episode though as we always do um with some kind of final thoughts uh maybe like a call to action or just however you'd like to uh end the episode any uh, final thoughts that you have on this topic 
Yes, well, I definitely thank you for having me to, you know, speak about this. And it's something that I'm very passionate about. Um, because as I said, when I was, you know, beginning my, my journey, you know, sharing what my journey was, it's a lot of what I do right now is from my own personal experience, too. It's, I am a student. So, you know, as, as I am in my current program right now, I'm uncovering things that, uh, like, I, that I struggle with as a student. So I know if I'm struggling with it, then other people probably are, too. And so um, that has been, you know, a really big motivating factor for me too, to be even more passionate about what I do. So, um, you know, I, I think that in general, anyone in any university that is looking to either, you know, improve your, your virtual student supports, if you have some, or if you are looking to just get into this because you never offered your student services online, uh, maybe you never had online library access and you're used to um, supporting your students, you know, in person, walking in the door, sitting down with tutors, sitting down with coaches or librarians or, you know, whatever it is that you have to offer. Um, you know, I, I, I think that there's so there's so much that can be done as long as you're willing to listen to um, your students and your constituents and be open to the things that you're hearing and be open to adapting to change. I think that's the part of the, such a big part of this is we have to change what we're doing to continually innovate and evolve and move forward. Um, you know, and so I would just encourage anyone to, you know, know what your intention is and, you know, be open to adapting and changing and meeting those needs and be passionate about it. Yes. Great way to end the episode and kind of bringing it full circle and, um, yeah, such great stuff that you shared. And, uh, I think some great, uh, you know, great things to think about for, uh, you know, this topic of virtual student support, a uh, very important one, uh, one that will continue to be important because uh, uh, certainly digital education is here to stay and, uh, you know, is only really accelerated in its uh, prevalence and, you know, we're only just getting better at uh, doing it and supporting the students uh, uh, who are in these online programs. So, yeah, just thank you so much for your time and all that you shared. Uh, Chelsea, we'll have ways to uh, connect with you and everything that you mentioned in the show notes as, uh, as usual. But, um, yeah, just thank you again. I mean, this is stuff that I love talking about. So I'm glad uh, too that we had some uh, space and time to chat here. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek podcast.